Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today we'll continue our series as we look at the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. We're in a wonderful book called Under His Influence, Yielding to the Work of the Holy Spirit by Pastor Lloyd Pulley out of Calvary Chapel, Old Bridge in New Jersey. The book's available on Amazon or anywhere you can find Christian books these days, but it's a wonderful book that has great study questions at the end. If you're doing a small Bible study group, it would be definitely one I would recommend. Today we'll be in chapter 4. Here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. It says, For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. We have the Spirit of, of God in us. We're set free. There's a freedom. And, and we're, we're, we're walking away from the things that, that are sin and death. It's a serious matter. Because when we're not walking in the Spirit as we should be, we're not able to hear His voice. We don't know His will. In Romans chapter 8, verse 15 and through 16, it says, for, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoptions as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. We belong to Him. There's a freedom in that. There's a joy in that. And there should be. We belong to God. We're His children. And let me ask you, didn't you is there a time in your life where you go, man, I wish my kids would just obey, right? We've all been there as fathers and mothers. We, our grandparents, we're like, could you just obey just for a second? And you can imagine God going, why are you going back to slavery of fear and back to the thing of old, right? You, you have the Spirit in you. Just cry, Abba, Father, and walk away from that sin and repent because you're my child. In Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17, it says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So when you're filled with the Spirit, you don't gratify the desires of the flesh. For desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. So when you're being filled with wine, you're being filled with the flesh. That's probably the, probably the easiest way to look at it, is you're temporarily filling yourself with flesh to forget your what? Problems. Well, let me watch a little thing on TV or let me pull up a video I'm gonna forget about my problems well guess what when you're done your problems still there let me smoke a little weed 
I'll forget about my problem. When you get done being high, guess what? Your problems are still there. And, and so we need to understand it's the Holy Spirit that teaches us and reminds us along the way of our purpose and to be connected with Him in our lives is in God's control, not ours. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, it says, And we know that the, for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are, are called according for, to His purpose. So there are times when we're going to go through troubles, hardships, pain, tribulations. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Are you going to run to the bottle? Are you going to run back to that thing that you did to, to take away your stress? Are you going to be filled with the Spirit? Are you going to trust that God's in control? That's what we talked about this weekend. See, if we live a life under the influence of the Holy Spirit, the only choice we can make that will continually set us free from tyranny of the flesh is by living for God. That, that word again, staying filled, to be continually filled by the Spirit. I love that because there's a, a, a gentle grace to that which the Lord leads and deals with us. Remember this, we talked about this last week, He'll never override you. You have free will. You always have a choice to yield or not yield. That means you can respond with grace or anger. You can show mercy or want justice. It's like, how are you going to respond? Because you have free will. It's only as we choose to do God's will, that's when that fullness of His Spirit, we see it working out in our lives. And, it, and it's a choice. You either choose to be led or not. And, and that's really where growth comes in as a, as a believer. The more you yield, the more you grow. And, and that's where people struggle, is they're not willing to, they're like, All right, you know what, I'm already giving up Sunday. I'm here on a Wednesday. I don't really want to do anything else. And, and that's not where God's going to grow you. It's like if he's calling you to something else, he's calling you to that, that thing. But you have to be yielded to the Spirit to do that. Hey, Wayne, can you do me a favor and kill the AC in the, the children's classroom for me? The air conditioning in the kids' classroom? Can you turn it off? Oh, okay, thank you. Okay, thank you. I forgot to do that. So, so when we're living under his influence, we're continually choosing to rely on God's ability instead of our own. So do y'all get that? So you, when you choose to follow and you're yielding to his will, you're, you're choosing to rely on God's ability and not your own ability. And it is so easy to rely on our own ability. We all have special talents. God, you know, that, that, that we've learned over time. We all have special talents. You need help, bud? You sure? Y'all say hi to Jesse. That's Jesse. <laughs> And so we need to recognize those things in our lives that are hindering us from being filled with the Spirit. And so he gives us three points here. One is we grieve the Holy Spirit. And let me read you Ephesians. Now, he gives you Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. But I'm going to read you Ephesians 4, from 25 to 32, just to give you a better picture of what he's talking about. Uh, so you get more of the context of what the Scripture is saying. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25 says, Therefore, having put away... Falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and give no opportunity to the devil. 
Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, do honest work with his, hand, his own hands, so that he may uh, have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting taunt come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up, as it fits the occasion that, uh, that it may give uh, grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for on the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Now, when we don't do those things, we're grieving the Holy Spirit. We're going back to what we used to be. When we think, I need to allow my anger, I should be bitter, I should have wrath, there should be malice, that's the flesh. And it grieves the Holy Spirit. And, I, and honestly, it's, it's our sin that hinders the work from being done. So when we talk about and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, that hinders Him from doing the work that needs to be done through us. Because we're in sin. And we need to deal with our sin. The second thing that it gives is quench the Spirit. In 1 Thessalonians 5.19. Very simply, you know, uh, five words there. Do not quench the Spirit. Right? Meaning do not extinguish the flame. So when we disobey and we resist the leading of the Holy Spirit, we, we begin to quench the flame of the Holy Spirit. And that means we need to confess and repent because if you're not willing to be led by the Spirit, that means you're being what? You're, 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 not, you're not following God, so you're being disobedient. The Holy Spirit's trying to guide you in one direction and you're going, no, nah, I'm not doing that. I, I, I just, I won't do that. I want to, I want to be upset. I want to be, <laughs> I want to be heard. And yet the Spirit's telling you, show grace. Give mercy. Be tender-hearted. And that's not what you want to do. And yet the prompting's there. And, and what happens, this is where we, we were talking about, is the person saved? What happens is over time, that person stops listening to the Holy Spirit. It gets harder because their heart becomes so calloused. It's harder for them to, to know the direction they're going. And they're being led by their flesh at that point. And there may be an amber there. And it can be relit. A fire can be relit for that person. But it's going to be requiring, it requires them to repent. And it, it, it's asking the Lord, like, man, I need a fresh one of the Holy Spirit in me. I need that fire to be ignited again. So we're not to extinguish or hinder the Spirit's work. And so that's even when, when the Spirit reveals sin in your life. Like, he, he tell, like this has to go. And you're like, no. I'm not doing it. You're being disobedient. You're quenching the Spirit. You're grieving the Spirit. You're quenching the Spirit. And you need to be careful with that because that's, that's disobedience to God. And, and it, I'm telling you, it gets harder and harder to hear the will of God when you're, when you're knee-deep in sin and you're not willing to walk away from it. The third thing is, is we ignore His presence. I love this verse. It's probably one of my favorite verses in the Bible because... It talks about the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, the helper. Meaning that it comes alongside of us to assist us. 
But in John 14, 16 through 18, it says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Not while you're here on earth. <laughs> with you forever. Right? Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you and, and will be in you. And I love this, because so many people think that God's not here. I can't see God. I don't, I don't, I don't know how you can follow this. But it says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. The Comforter, the Holy Spirit. And, it's, and it's the, it, it comes alongside to assist when you don't allow it. Because I can tell you what I know about this life, I, I don't understand how I got through 39 years of my life without it. Because once you have the power of the Holy Spirit, I, I don't want to lose that. I don't want to quench it. I don't want to grieve it. I want to keep growing. And, and let me tell you, just because somebody has a title by their name doesn't mean they should stop growing. You, you have to continue to grow. And, and the last one was fail to ask the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 11, verse 13. It says, if then, you, uh, if then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more would the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So, so God is not only wanting to fill us with His life, His words, His power, His will, but He's like, man, ask and you'll receive. Prayer. Pray. We have prayed, let me tell you something, we're, we talked about, we're a small church, and I know that we don't fit every little nick and cranny that everybody else has. But one thing I've been very blessed to see over this past year is to see the emphasis on prayer. And, and not only just praying just recently um, and seeing those prayers answered, you know, uh, one already released from the hospital and one possibly going home tomorrow. Praise God. Because both of them could have been, but God is hearing. We've seen businesses, and, and, and I've said this before. We have businesses in this church that shouldn't be functioning in this economy. But they're functioning because God is blessing them. And we keep praying. Let's keep praying for the businesses. We do that. We, we just watch uh, the people be baptized that we got to be a part of. And it's like, but there was prayer. We had three that showed up. We weren't even expecting, but we had been praying. And then they showed up. We had one we didn't even know. And then it just happened. But that's God. That's through prayer. That's through people praying, coming together and praying. And so we want to be a church that continues to... Like, I've, I've had people come to me and say, Well, we need a building. Well, have you been praying for a building? It starts with prayer. My, my prayer is, is that we would see at least half these seats filled. That's my prayer. That's what we need to be praying. Praying over every one of these seats that somebody would come. Because I, I believe until we see half these seats filled, that's when the building will happen. We have to continue to invite, continue to pray for the community, continue to be involved. And God will answer the prayer. But if we fail to ask, shame on us. Shame on us. You know, it's, it, it is a, a remembrance of, of, of those three things, is that the Holy Spirit wants to empower us and sanctify us and transform us. But we need to get rid of the wasteful living. And I'm not talking about money. 
I'm talking about the waste, the things that are wasteful to God. Okay? And y'all know what those are. I'm not going to sit and try to give you a list of stuff. I mean, you know if, it, like, I shouldn't be. I, I spent way too much time watching this thing. I binge watch, you know, whatever it is. You know, it's like I know there are other things I should be. I watched Case for uh, Heaven last night with Teresa. Great movie. I would recommend it to anybody. It's on Pure Flix right now. Really good. And they have one guy. You know how they always have somebody who talks about heaven? They've had a, a, a near-death experience. They had one dude that went to, he said he went to hell. And that, to hear that testimony, that dude came to Christ. It scared him that much. He talks about the gnashing and the tearing that happens. And, and when he came to, and now he's a pastor. He, he runs a, a church. He, he's never been in church. He was unchurched. He was an atheist. But that's what God does. I got a video to show y'all. Okay, I'm going to play it. I saw this, and I wanted y'all to see this. Y'all, and if you can't see it, you can at least hear it. When you're trying to understand how to listen to God, how to understand His will, this will be such a great illustration for you. And I think it will help you so much. And, and I, I saw this, and hopefully this plays and we don't have any hiccups. I was in Alaska doing a lawsuit. We're way out in the Aleutian Islands, getting ready to leave and go back to Anchorage and then home. And I had a ticket in my pocket to get on an airplane. A pastor came up and he said, listen, I can save you money. I said, how's that? He said, I flew a small airplane up here and I fly a small airplane and I can take you in my little airplane and you can save your ticket. And this did not sound, I said, gee, thank you so very, very much, but I've got this ticket. We'll just make our way on home, me and this other lawyer with me. He said, no, 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 you gotta do it, you gotta do it. And against every better judgment I had, I said, okay. Well, we went out to the airport, took us by his little plane and I looked at it and I thought, well, one good thing, it's shiny. Then he walked around it, we got in, He's on the left front, I'm on the right front. The other lawyer's sitting right behind me. And he started it up, and it started up just fine. Well, we taxied out. I said, should we pray? He said, yeah, that's a good idea. We normally don't. I said, well, this time we're gonna. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I prayed five, eight minutes. I prayed a long time. We went and got on the runway. He starts down the runway. The plane lifted off ever so gently, and we start climbing, and it's wonderful. Not a problem in the world. We started climbing and we flew probably three, four minutes and something happened that will never leave my mind. The pilot turned to me and he said, we're going in the clouds and I can't fly in clouds. They make me pass out. I said, clouds make you do what? <laughs> now it's been cloudy all day. And we go right up into the clouds and you can't see anything. And he looks at me and his eyes roll back in his head and he starts mumbling and he passes out, passed out cold. Now I grabbed him and I shook him and I said, come on, you gotta wake up so I can kill you. Now we're in the clouds flying along with no pilot. And my friend in the back seat said, we're dead, aren't we? I said, there's a very good chance of that, yes. He said, what are we gonna do? I said, I don't know. But there was a radio right there and I handed him the microphone and I said, start asking for help. So he's in the back seat reaching up and he said, hello, hello. We didn't know any proper radio etiquette. All we were saying was hello. And somebody answered back, hello, hello. 
don't you guys know proper radio etiquette? And I said, give it to me. I said, tell them, we don't know nothing. Tell them we're in an airplane with a passed out pilot and we don't know how to fly this plane. The guy said, I'm a freighter flying out of Anchorage on the way to Tokyo. And he said, you're telling me you have nobody who can fly that plane with you? I said, tell them that's correct. Now you gotta understand, I am sweating bullets. He said, the first thing I'm gonna do is start circling so I don't lose you because I'll fly out of range of your radio and you won't have me anymore. And he said, I'm gonna get Anchorage emergency for you. And Anchorage Emergency will be the people that can maybe help you try to save your life. After about five minutes, Anchorage came on, said, we understand you have a passed out pilot. And those of you do not know how to fly that plane. We said, that's right. They said, well, the first thing we got to do is find you. And I'll never forget what this man at Anchorage said. He said, my job is to get you home safe. He said, that's my job. But he said, here's the deal. If you want me to get you home safe, you got to promise me you'll obey my voice. He said, you can't see me, but I can see you. And he said, if you're not gonna obey my voice, you're gonna die. When you can't see anything, you have no idea how disorientated you become. Finally, he said, okay, I found you. Now hear me clear. He said, you're four minutes from a mountain. He said, you're gonna crash in that mountain and die. Follow my voice. I never said, I have to follow your voice? Is that reasonable? You see, I understood without his voice, I had nothing. And do you understand, without God's voice, you have nothing. Nothing. Finally, he got us turned. And he said, I'm freezing all the traffic in the area. He said, it's gonna take me an hour and a half to get you to Anchorage, and there's a lot of weather between you and Anchorage. You're in for a rough ride. And he said, I want you to hear me. I don't want you to look at what's going on outside. I don't want you to pay attention to the storm, just my voice. He said, if you start watching the storm, you will die, but I'll take you through it. Now, because they cleared all the traffic, several pilots, those nighttime freighters, those 747s started talking to us. They said, we're praying for you, men. You're gonna make it, but listen to the voice. That's the key. They said, trust the voice. You realize your head is full of voices and everybody in this world wants to talk to you and everybody wants to be the controlling voice. And God says, I want you to be a living sacrifice. I want you to put yourself on the altar and let my voice be your voice. Finally, we went through the worst of the weather, but there was still more. And then the voice came back and it said, now I'm gonna line you up. He said, I'm gonna bring you in right down the runway. And at the foot of the runway are some lights and they're in the form of a cross. He said, don't you forget this. The cross is the way home. Finally, he's bringing us down. We still can't see anything. And all he kept saying is, stay with me. My sheep, the Bible says, hear my voice and they follow me. Finally, just a couple hundred feet off the ground, we saw the cross. I landed the plane. In fact, I landed it seven times. Finally, it all came to a stop, and the minute we stopped, the pilot woke up. The voice said, thanks for listening. I watch them crash and burn all the time because they won't follow my voice. They don't understand I'm the one who can see them even when they can't see me. But they get the voices in their head, and they kill themselves. They self-destruct. Thanks for listening to the voice. Then they put us in a motel room at about four in the morning. 
knock at my door. I opened the door and the man was standing there. He said, hello, David. I said, you're the voice. You're the one who got me home. He said, I, do you understand one day you're going to stand before him and say, you were the voice. You're the voice that brought me home. If you're not on that altar as a living sacrifice, your head's full of voices. And then we wonder why kids crash and burn. We wonder why marriages are shattered. And the Lord's saying, I'm the one who has the voice. All I can remember is that voice saying, stay with me, stay with me. Don't listen to what's going on in your head and don't watch the storm, stay with me. And I'll take you through. Tonight you have a God who has promised to take you through a living sacrifice holy. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio, pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. Uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light and you'll find it. Uh, we hope that you enjoy today's broadcast. If you'd like to give to this ministry, uh, what I would always suggest is give to this radio station. It's because of this radio station that we have great expository teachers uh, for you, and I would say uh, make that donation to them. I hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful day. God bless you. Remember, you can find us at calvarydivine.org. calvarydivine.org. God bless you.